Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Christoph. Hey Jay, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, by yeah. pop, back by popular demand. Is that right? Yes, the popular demand was Robbie and Jeff did not want to do it. Yeah, no, so they popular they <laughs> they demanded that they not have to do it. That that's good. I like so, that. I appreciate that. But I also yeah, but but also I you know I think there were people out there who were clamoring. I was in the top three for those who would be sitting across from you. Yeah. Out of three. I think so. Yeah. 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 There's a clamoring. The, there's a groundswell of support. Yeah, that's right. So I actually had to ask you if you listened to the sermon this week so that we could actually have a conversation about it because you were teaching the preschool. Uh, oh, you taught preschool. I got the preschool. Yeah. The preschool what was that group. like? Uh, I mean, it was exactly what you would think. We had 16 kids back there, uh, which was a little bit intimidating. Um, but they were, they were awesome actually. Like we, it was, it was put together well enough to where they like, they, they, they were there for the the Bible lesson. And, and when we got to game time, they were all in on the game time and coloring. They were, it, it was good. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. I, so my son helped you. Yeah. Did he actually help? I, I feel was like, a big pause. <laughs> I feel like I should be asking you how. How, what what if he, he was said, a help? That's true. He, he what, is he going to tell you? Like, hey, yeah. Dad, I was a big help. Um, no, yeah, he was great. Yeah, no. he he and and Sarah they helped out. They were they were both awesome. Those two those two are pretty great. Yeah, they're good with the kids. Yes. The kiddos. So it was a really good morning, but I was a little yeah. bummed. I was I was really bummed that I didn't get a chance to experience uh, the Jay preaching from a, a chair. Um, oh yeah, chill I, chill Jay. I did watch it on YouTube, so I I saw like I saw the, did it see did I seem really low energy? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, you seem you seem chill. I mean, you seem chill, but well, that's low energy. It was so. If, if you didn't see it now, some people, if you're listening, if you're one of the few people that listens to the podcast but didn't hear the sermon, then you can go back and see that I was sitting the whole time because there have been some dizzy spells or whatever, and and people were worried I was going to topple over off the stage. So we decided let's just sit and you know, and I had to keep it keep it cool. So I had to channel my inner Robbie and Jeff and just be like calm down a little bit well, see i don't think anyone was worried you were going to fall over until you said something until you said something about you know having kind of the rough week well right uh, but that's why i told people because i knew otherwise i'd ask i'd be answering a million questions about it i just i think i think in your sermon you mentioned in the beginning you mentioned that you know robbie does this sometimes and he can get away with it because he has what the kids call these days a vibe um and i i think you could have you could have had the vibe you could you could have nailed Dude, it i cannot i cannot play the chill the chill vibe is not my vibe <laughs> that's fair. Maybe when, you, maybe when, you can, when yeah. robbie and jeff are chill everybody goes they're so chill they're just that they just put out a cool vibe. When I'm chill, people are immediately like, "What is wrong with him?" That's fair. That's why fair. You're is he? Right. What What is wrong? And that's just what happens. So it's fine. So anyway, I did that. Now, interestingly enough, it took you an hour and a half to listen to the sermon, and I want to know: Did you listen to it on half at half speed? No, no. As I, you said, I started it at three thirty and I finished at five. Yeah, which sounds like a slam against me, but that was. But that was not the case. I mean, we have we have a nine month old in the house, and so uh, first of all, I wake up really early to begin with. Like, I am just an odd person who wakes up. I wake up at about four o'clock every morning. That's just kind of my normal time. If I wake up after three o'clock, like if if I wake up and I need to go take care of Abel, do something, change a diaper, something like that. If it's after three o'clock, I just have a hard time justifying falling back asleep, um, especially if it gets to be like 
315, 330. So anyways, it was, it was 3.30. Uh, and I was like, well, I need to listen to the sermon anyways. And I had it queued up. And so I thought it would be a good time. And so I had to, I had to like pause and then go back and pause and go back. But yeah, we, we I got through it. It wasn't a, you know, an hour and a half sermon, which I wouldn't hold Chris against off. you. I don't think you, I don't think you understand how you're supposed to talk to your boss. Is that right there. You right? said like, yeah, I got through it. It wasn't about you. It was about how early it and was. And then it wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past you to preach for an it hour It was the half. gauntlet I had to so go through listen, with my Let's just talk about son. it. You know what? Yeah, let's just we, put this to bed and let's just talk about it. Because with boldness? Should we talk about it with yeah, boldness? Like I'm just going to be bold and just push through. So that's, that's fair. Um, so yeah, that's what the message was supposed to be about. I feel like I didn't really end up preaching about that. Um, so what was, what was interesting to me, and, and maybe this is a good, a good jumping off point is, um, one of, one of the teenagers came up to me and we were, we were chatting afterwards and he was, <laughs> it was funny because he was really excited to tell me about what he took away from the sermon. Uh-huh. And that's, I, that's... It, which was awesome. I was so excited. And then I was like, I didn't hear any of the sermon, so I have no idea what you're talking about, but please see. <laughs> and he was so bummed that I hadn't listened to any of the sermon, but, um, the big word that he took away and kind of the big thing was platforms. Uh, and, and you really did kind of talk a lot about this idea of platforms and, uh, we, we talked about in youth group on Wednesday night, I think another word for that could have been circumstances. I like the fact that you use the word platform because realistically, uh, in, in Acts 4. So we're talking about Acts chapter 4. We're talking about directly after Peter and John are released from jail from the, from the Sadducees and, uh, they go back. And their immediate reaction is to pray and to just praise God for being sovereign and awesome. And um, and, and I thought you, you did such a, it was so interesting. Why did you choose the word platform? Like what, what caused you to think of the word platform? I don't know. I think I always, I use that word a lot. I, because whenever I see these kinds of things happen in scripture, I, I picture a stage being built underneath, mm-hmm. like underneath me or underneath people in, in, in scripture, especially in acts, like you just see that they're being brought on into the spotlight. They're being put on display. And when you realize that the way that the kingdom of God invades the earth, uh, is, is through the incarnation and then the Holy spirit that then dwells in the body of Christ as we continue on as the body of Christ. And what that does is it's, it takes us and puts us on display. And you think of uh, the, the nation of Israel at the time was kind of the center of the, the world. That was the point of the promised land and everything is you're going to, you're going to, you're on display. Like I'm going to make for myself, God's story here is he's making for himself a people that he would use to display his glory. And so to do that, you're put on display. So when I think of platform, I just think of each thing that happens in my life or in my day is like, um, is like a, the stage kind of being built and a spotlight then turning on. Sure. And now I act in accordance with the truth that I believe or what I don't believe. And as a Christian, I'm put on display and I have the opportunity there to either display my allegiance to my own kingdom and my and and to show how I am just like the world or to show that I, um, that my allegiance is to a different king and to a different kingdom, and so I, I think of everything as a platform. So I think of every like when I go to the doctor's office and um, somebody is rude to me, it's a platform. 
Sure. Like when yeah. I when I get bad service at a restaurant, it's a platform. When my kid disobeys, it's a platform. When um when something goes wrong at work, it's a platform. When something goes right at work, it's a platform. When somebody moves in next door, it's a platform. Like there, any interaction, when somebody hits my car uh, in a parking lot, it's a platform. And when I'm at my best, which is not always, but when I'm really abiding in Christ, I see it that way. I see it as, um, like I remember getting hit in a parking lot by a teenage girl. This was years ago. Um, it was actually right after we bought a car. Oh, man. That's a bummer. And she backed in right, right into me. Like it was, uh, like I had pulled, I'd backed out of a parking space and then she backed, I was about ready to pull away and she just backed out, just oh, didn't even look no. and just right into yeah. the side of my car. Um, and in such a way that even like my insurance agent said, look, this is, this is so obvious. So, you know, her insurance is yeah, going to cover sure. it because it's just, um, cause Colorado is not a no fault state. I don't think whatever, but her insurance paid for it. But anyway, by the grace of God, I looked at that and thought, this is a platform. Like this is an opportunity to display the character and nature of God. And so after my immediate, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that just happened. And, you know, I was able to get out and talk to her, um, trying to display kingdom values, which is she's more important than this car. And, um, Jesus is like his redemption goes way beyond this and, and the, and how God views us in our sin is through a lens of compassion, um, and desire to redeem. And so to put all those on display, um, for her was an opportunity then to, to paint a true picture about who God is and how he changes his people. Yeah. I love that. We, so last night we're recording this on Thursday and youth group right now on Wednesday nights, we're going through, um, we're basically following the Sunday morning series. So we read the, we read the section again. Um, and then I kind of give three main points to walk away from. And I, I try to do it in a way that is, is, is pretty relevant to our youth. And, um, sometimes the three main points are, are longer full sentences. And, and last night I really, I, I narrowed it down to, um, each, each, of the three main points were just three words and it was something over something else. And mm. I was thinking specifically with that is worship over worry mm. and how a lot of times when we're giving, given certain platforms, like our reaction can be to worry about things that are outside of our control, outside of just what we're able to, to handle instead of just going to the Lord in worship and going, um, you know, God, what this is one of the things that I just, I, I am so amazed by the, the, the apostles reaction to what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. You, you think these people who are in charge, who, 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 who can throw you into jail, who months ago sentenced Jesus to death, maybe not those specific people, but this, this system, right? Sentenced Jesus to death. The, it, it, this is happening within the context of, it, this isn't like years later. This is, this is just right. like months later. And, and, and they gather together. They find out that Peter and John were thrown into jail. They were put before them. Peter and John stand before them and, and you know, they, they boldly pro- proclaim Jesus and they go, uh, you know, it was, it was Jesus who healed this, this lame man. Um, and their immediate reaction is to just go, God, you are sovereign. God, you are, you are so good. Right. Rather than going, and I was thinking, what, what would, what would my reaction would have been? I would say, man, like sit down and kind of think, okay, well, if this happens again, here's what we need to be prepared to do. And here's, right. here's like, I, I would start to worry about like all of these external things. And instead, it, what, what they took with that was 
no, in this moment, we're going to worship God. Um, we're going to, we're going to worship him in, in who he is. They, they go to Psalm two and they explicitly go like, this is who you are. And I, that is so beautiful. That is just this, like this posture of like what you're saying with this platform of going, how, how, how do I display kingdom values? How do I display who Jesus is despite what is going on? Because it's outside of my control anyways. You know, the, the girl backing into you, like you getting upset and you know, yelling, what's that going to, What's no. that going to change? Nothing. And you, if anything, you wasted an opportunity to display uh, the kingdom. So I, I love that. Well, I, I would tell her I'd be lying to her about who God is at that point. You know, so <laughs> I'd be, I'd be painting a false picture of who God is. Um, and you know what's interesting about that passage too that I did not get to preach in the message um, was that. I think part of the reason why they're so excited is because it was another verification that Jesus was and is who he says he is. Yeah. Because like, so if you notice what they're turning it around is they're saying like, you said this was going to happen. You've been saying this from the beginning and now here it happened. So part of their excitement, it's not that they were really thrilled that they got arrested. It wasn't being arrested in of itself, which can happen. I mean, um, that's what, you know, the Reformation was full of that kind of stuff where people, dudes wanted to get martyred. Like right. they just saw it as holier and they saw it as, so, and and we've seen that um, there's a certain type of personality, like they want to protest and they want it, like getting arrested is a badge of honor. I don't think that's the case here at all. I think what's happening. Part of the reason why they're so enthusiastic is because it's, they're just having this huge aha moment that God, this was, you said this was going to happen. And not only that, but you said it even back in the Psalms, you said, you said it of all over all time. And then Jesus said this was going to happen. And now here, look, it's happened. Yeah. Exactly right. the way you said it would. And that has a strange way of actually building our faith. Uh, it's kind of like how spiritual attack um, naturally will it will backfire if we're trusting in Christ because if the enemy is attacking me, if I feel like I'm under spiritual attack, which you know I know you've experienced that before, you just feel yeah. like, okay, there's spiritual forces kind of against me. And a lot of times it'll happen as I'm trying to pursue Christ. So in our household, for a very long time, Saturday nights were brutal. Like when our kids were young, they would not sleep on Saturday nights. If I was preaching on Sunday morning, they would not sleep. And you just feel like we're being harassed here. Like this is not a coincidence. Right. And what's interesting is what the enemy means to discourage only would start solidifying my faith because I would say, wait, no, it's not a coincidence. That means that spiritual warfare is real. That means they're attacking me because of something real and valuable that's happening here, which means that everything that God said is true. Like he's actually real, which I know it sounds weird. Like why would you need, but we all have like to, to experience that, to realize, well, either this is coincidence or this is actually spiritual attack. And if it's spiritual attack, then everything Jesus said is true. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of affirms what a lot of really wise, um, wise theologians and philosophers have said over the years is that, you know, part, part of the, one of the biggest dangers is just apathy, right? It's like, yeah. if, if you're, if you're feeling apathetic, if you're not feeling those things like that, that sometimes is like a, a, a lack of an affirmation of that. And it's a, um, so, so absolutely. And I, I love the fact that, yeah, you should, there should be, it, it is almost like using the tools 
of the enemy against the enemy, right? Right. And, and I can't help but think of that that song that we sing sometimes on Sunday mornings. I, I know Shane and Shane do it, but I think others have it. I know it's scripture, but even what the enemy means for evil, you yeah. work it for our good. Um, it's beautiful. I love it. Of course, that comes from yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was in there somewhere, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that <laughs> right. That that is the the way that that God works in that. And so, what I think when we don't realize the reason why it's helpful for me to go back to that platform idea is to be mindful of the presence of God, and to be mindful that He has set me in this place for a reason. And you know, as Hebrews talks about, you know, we have in front of this great cloud of witnesses that there are. I, I, my little life, which is a vapor, it is a mist, it is a little speck on the big timeline of history, it is one of the small things that becomes big things in the kingdom. And when I'm faithful in that, then I add, my story gets added to all the stories of all the people that God has transformed in all those little moments. And, um, and that's a big deal. Like that's a, um, that's, that adds a lot of meaning and purpose and, uh, it adds, so much um, weight to just the normal everyday things and not weight in a pressure sense, but in an opportunity sense, because I, I, there are a lot of people who say, man, I wish I had opportunities to share the gospel like that. I wish that I would love to be able to do that. You don't realize that we have those opportunities all the time. But the question is, are we faithful with the small ones? Because God will give us bigger ones, but we got to be faithful with the small ones. Yeah, that that really like that brings up something in my mind that I was thinking about even as you were talking about plat, you know, back to platforms is that oftentimes it it's not even about us seeking platforms, it's more recognizing the platforms that are in our life. And I think actually right. even more often when we seek platforms, we seek to build platforms, they tend to be very rickety and tend to fall out from underneath us. 100%. Yeah, and I did try And I tried to address that when I talked about the different platform of blessing or platform of influence, like, you know, using our country as an example, right, that we have had a lot of influence. And so there has been a platform of blessing and influence in our country over the last couple hundred years. And, And I mentioned in the sermon some really great ways that we have used that influence. But that only works because God chose to give that platform of blessing. It's not is if you try to replicate that and say, okay, so then I need to go um, and I need to become really wealthy so then I can have a kingdom impact. And so I'm going to, and I've had, I've heard guys do this where they say, I'm going to go and I'm going to make a lot of money and then I can have a, a, a kingdom impact. Well, that doesn't end up happening because they built their own tower of Babel, right? They mm. built, built their own yeah. platform and that's not the platform God gave them. Um, if God gives you that platform of blessing, by all means, by all means, use it and use it and be a good steward of it. But it's, he's the one who is always building the platform. And if we get distracted by that, that was kind of the point of, then we get really concerned with the platform itself. And we're afraid like, well, if this, if this gets torn down, then I won't be able to declare the gospel. I won't, I won't have a platform anymore. And that's not the case. God is always like platforms constantly get torn down and built back up and um the the issue is just to be faithful and and i just think so many times i mean god god gives us bigger and bigger platforms when we are faithful with the small ones and i've definitely seen we've seen um there are there are christian authors and speakers who have built their own platform 
and then it collapses. Yeah. And then you have other ones who were just faithful with the platform that God gave them. And then by God's favor, it just kind of grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite examples of that is, is John Piper. When somebody asked him like, how do you become a prolific writer? Cause John Piper has written yeah. countless books. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, I never set out to become a writer. I just, I was pastoring my church and I wrote articles to help them. Right. Right. And then those articles started getting grouped together and now they're, and then they became books and then he was right, but he was always writing for his church, not expecting anybody else, you know, to, to do anything or to care about it. Yeah. And, and, and typically, I mean, at least like I've, I've found it, this isn't to prop up people, but I found that when it comes to those who have the larger platforms and it's not because they've tried to build it on, build it on their own. They usually seem to be the ones who are trying to get away from the taller platforms. They, they tend to be the ones who yeah. like when the platform gets really big, they like start getting a little bit uneasy with it. And they're mm-hmm. like, we need to figure out a way to, to get away from this. There's kind of this recognition that if it does get too tall, it is kind of tower of Babel esque. And it, yeah. we want to stay away from that. Yeah, because then you the attention starts to become on the person on the platform rather than the one who built the platform and the one they're supposed to be glorifying, which is the point when Peter and John say, like, why are you looking at us? Like, we did this uh, healing. Like, this this man was healed in the name of Jesus. And that'll, that'll happen multiple times throughout Acts where they'll say, hey, we're not, don't, don't worship us. Yeah, it's like, not, this about, is not us. about us. Yeah. We're glorifying, like, this is about who we are glorifying. Um, so I, I do think that that's true. And I think that we live in a culture where we think we have to have a certain kind of platform, but I, it just, it encourages me so much, uh, to know that every interaction carries like eternal weight. Yeah. And so there's me, it's, there's meaning behind it. So again, I I don't want to use that to make everybody feel so much pressure of like, well, did I, did I talk to that person? Right. Oh my goodness. I, I thought I was just going through the drive-thru at McDonald's and now you're telling me it has like eternal, you know, eternal weight. What, no, what I'm saying is that it, there's, there's meaning behind it. It's meaningful. And who doesn't want to live a life that's meaningful? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody, so somebody who's, who's listening to this and, and maybe you did address it in your sermon on Sunday morning and my 5am brain isn't remembering it, but, uh, how, how then, how, I don't even know if this is the right question. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. How do we recognize the platforms that we have in our life? How do, like, what, what does it look like to recognize the platforms that God has us on? Um, is there a way to recognize them? Well, I mean, I think, so there's, so in asking that question, I think there's a couple of different ways you can look at a platform. One is there are platforms we have that are consistent and steady in our lives. So I have a platform with my children and that's yeah. consistent and steady. So those are good ones to, to, um, consider so that I'm more intentional. And and by the way, I don't think there's a platform that I fail at more than that one. Like I'm constantly being the spotlight is being shine, you know, shown on me to declare and demonstrate how the kingdom works to my children. And I feel like I, I like, I have like, a I, I don't think you're alone in no, feeling that but way. I, but I, <laughs> but I do feel that way. Um, so there are some platforms in our life. So maybe you're a, a teacher and so you clearly have a platform there or you're a doctor. And so you have a platform like with your patients or you're, um, 
you're a supervisor at work and so you have platforms so there are some of those or you're a spouse or you're a parent or you're and you're a neighbor I think thinking about your roles in life and the environments that you are often finding yourself in and seeing the platform you have there. But I think we confuse platform with influence and those are two different things. Okay. So influence can be a part, like sometimes the platform is a platform of influence and that would be in positions where you have authority or like I said, like influence. And so um, you're, you're the coach, not just a fan. And so like I coach youth sports. So people would say like, well, that's a platform right there with these, with these kids that you're coaching and the parents you're interacting with. Yes. But Lauren also has a platform as a baseball mom who just shows up and screams for her kid and for all the other kids and wants to see them do well or whatever. She has a platform. The person at work who is at the lowest, lowest spot on the pole, you know, they have a platform. We have platforms of, of, um, service. We have platforms of suffering. We have platforms of, um, of having less than like, there's, there's always, you know, uh, there's platforms that happen to us, um, or that we have that are consistent. So if you're like the lowest person at work and you say, I don't supervise anybody, I'm like the last person on the totem pole. Okay. Well, you are constantly put in situations where you're asked to do things and you have an opportunity to serve joyfully. You have the opportunity to speak well of those who are in authority. You have the opportunity to encourage people that are your peers at work. And each one of those opportunities is a platform. Yeah. And so you have a platform, a platform is being built when your coworkers are gossiping about your boss and you have a platform right there. The light is shining on you and you get to declare something about this kingdom that is counter it's counterintuitive to the kingdom they have because the the kingdom of the world says, Oh, a bunch of employees sitting around gossiping about their boss. Everybody joins in. That's what you do. That's how this kingdom works. Right. Well, you're now a spotlight is shining on you and it comes around to you. And then you speak something encouraging about your boss. You speak like gratitude for having this job or a desire to be better yourself at the job rather than worrying about what your boss is doing. And that you're declaring, you're demonstrating a, a different culture, a different way of doing things. Yeah. Um, I actually was talking to someone that was, is, uh, or, um, that was buying something that was wanting to buy something. And, uh, she's not from this country. And she said, I was just raised, like I was raised that, uh, you, you don't buy something unless you have the money for it. Okay. And I said, and she, she's, like I said, she's not an American right. or she is an American citizen now, but she, she's not from the United States. And I said, well, that's not the American way. <laughs> like the American way is like, I want it. I right, buy it. I'll pay, right. by, pay for it later. Um, and so that's just a little example to show um, when she sees that she's, she recognized, she kind of laughed and she said, she said, yeah, I don't, I, I don't yet under, fully understand the American way in that. But that's what's happening. It's like when you go into a different country and you say, oh, you function differently. You act differently in this situation. Right. And sometimes you get a platform to show like, oh, this is how my culture acts in this situation. Like you take somebody, if, if someone came from another country that had never seen American football and you take them to Lambeau Field and they're going to get an experience there that they're going to say, oh, this culture is different than mine. Right. And that's right. ultimately what's going on is we are citizens of a kingdom and we are displaying what that kingdom looks like and how you function in that kingdom. And that platform is the spotlight is on me. And I have a chance now to say, well, in God's kingdom, in my country, 
this is how we act. Yeah. And we act this way because this is what God has done in me. They, we don't act this way because we're just good people. Like we respond this way because this is how God, this is what God has done for me. Yeah. And I think sometimes why it's, it's difficult for us to see that or for, why it's difficult for us to live that way and kind of recognize. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is when, when we, when we live with eyes open to see and with, with, with hearts going, okay, God, like, how are you, how are you going to shine your light where I am throughout the course yeah. of the whole day? Um, I think what we, what we want is like there to be kind of sometimes this, this immediate gratification response of, of what mm -hmm. it is. And, and sometimes we don't get that. And I think that's where we grow in our dependence on the Holy spirit because we recognize that it's going to be him. Like, so the example of like your coworkers who are gossiping about a bo boss and you don't participate in that. Instead you say maybe something encouraging about them, right. which we would never do that here in, in the office. Yeah. That, uh, one, that one may have been too close to home. Yeah. Right? I don't know if maybe you were projecting something there, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that I have um, all your offices bugged. Oh, oh well, um, but there, there are going to be coworkers, you know, uh, all those coworkers might be, frustrated with that some coworkers well, might sure. see that as something different like i i think of I, it's a I, threat to their kingdom well it's a threat to their kingdom but for some for some they will they will be curious about it for sure. some it'll yes. be the aroma of life yes. and for others it'll be the aroma of death because right. there will be conviction it's not our job yes. though to force that on people it's no. our job to just let the holy spirit be the one who who produces that that fruit in other people which i like i know for myself i have had a difficult time recognizing of just okay, I'm, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do that work because sometimes you want to be the one who's like, well, I'm going to explain to you why I was encouraging about the boss. Or sometimes I want to, right. and and we, we we try to control it. And again, this kind of goes back to the recognizing like God's in control, which is exactly what was displayed or, in Acts chapter four. The right. first thing they said was sovereign Lord, you know? Or we try to, or we try to make them act in accordance with the kingdom. Yeah, a kingdom so, that they don't belong to. Right. So like, I'll give you an example and this is going to, this will, this will hit a nerve. I know with people who are listening oh boy. Um, and they'll, so don't feel badly. This is something I think we've all done, but like, if you say, well, I do this, I live according to the kingdom. I know exactly what you're saying because at work, everybody knows that they, they do not swear around me. Mm. And I'm always like, I mean, now if they're not swearing around you out of respect, and because they're just like, okay, I don't want to offend because you're so kind to them and they, they love you. And so they just don't want to, um, sure. they don't want to offend you. That's great. That's, that's great. But if it's because you are like the hall monitor and just saying, I don't, I don't like that language around me. So don't, I don't want you saying those things around right, me. Right. Right. What you're doing is you're, you, what you're declaring is that it's a kingdom of law. Right. And you're declaring that like, well, around me, you you adapt to my culture and my kingdom, and that's what this is, and it and it means you only speak this way or or whatever the case is, and that's not that's not actually what we're supposed to be doing. Our concern is supposed to be our own language, correct? Yeah, and and wanting to um, speak life into situations and to um, speak what is profitable and useful and and those different things. And, and not our concern about our other people obeying 
um, a kingdom that they don't belong to. Right. Right. Especially if you know that it's a, it's a coworker that's not a believer. Like right. if, if they're, if they're not a Christian, then I, I feel like I have this conversation with a handful of people that get frustrated that there are, there's this group of people who don't act a certain way. And I just, like, why are you surprised? Yeah. Why are you surprised? And, and that's actually a really good point that if they, if they don't act that way in front of you, what, what is that communicating of what they think of you and what you believe? Right. Um, and we certainly don't want to be platforming a um, a, a a law based salvation, right. right? We that's that's certainly not what we believe. We believe that it is by grace we've been saved. Right. Um. So no, that's that's yeah. that's that's good. Yeah. So I I don't know if that's helpful. You know, there was one other thing. One other thing that I wanted to point out that I yeah. So the whole boldness thing, which I didn't actually preach that right. much on. <laughs> I was really surprised when I listened through it. I'm I like, know. I didn't really. Well, and when Jeff asked me for the title afterwards, I was like, well, it was supposed to be boldness, but I didn't end up yeah, there spending were, much time on yeah. that. Because I I wanted to show like the the why behind like they they saw they had this moment and and that they were glorifying God in the midst of it. But the boldness, and I did touch on this, but I do want to make sure, you know, if people are listening to this after the sermon, that it doesn't get missed, which is the simple idea that they prayed for boldness because they lacked boldness. Hmm. They didn't like, I sometimes look at them in the early church and I picture them as like, they were like all these brave hearts who were just like, yes, we got arrested and we got, and, and, and we're being persecuted and this is amazing. Like come at us. Um, but that's, I don't think that's what these were normal people. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I think their excitement is not in the fact that they got arrested and they really stirred the pot and now everybody's upset with them. I don't think that's it at all. I think their excitement is that what God said would happen was happening. And then because that was strengthening their faith, I think they were scared. And so they prayed for boldness. Like why would they ask for something that they already had? Yeah. If they were, if they were a bunch of brave hearts who were just like ready to go and saying, yeah, they can't stop us. They can't tell us what we can or can't say. Then the spiritually mature of them would have been praying for wisdom or discernment yeah, 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 or patience, but they're not praying for any of those things. They're praying for boldness because they know that's what they need because there is a temptation to cower in the face of the persecution. So the persecution isn't shaking their faith, but it is shaking their, um, not their confidence, but their, their courage. Sure. And so they pray for boldness. And so I, I wanted to sh- share that and make sure that point got across. And that's the one thing I wish that I'd had more time to, to talk about, because I think sometimes people think that because they're afraid that just being afraid in the moment is sinful or is like means that they don't have a very strong faith. Now, being controlled by our fear or being dominated by our fear or making decisions out of fear, like that, that is all a lack of obedience and a lack of trust. But if, if it becomes illegal to preach the gospel and, you know, or, you know, we, when I spent some time in Central Asia, there were moments where I was afraid. Sure. There are moments where we knew that you're not supposed to be sharing the gospel with people. And if they convert, then that is trouble. And then, oh, by the way, they were overthrowing their government while we were there. And so there was like a civil war that was just at the beginning stages. Um, And so there are times where I I was afraid. And so then you pray, but God, make me bold. 
Yeah. And I don't think it's I like I sometimes fear is the right response because we are human beings. We're we're not um omnipotent. Like Yeah, no. We're I, not om- omniscient. We're not omnipresent. We're not we are we are limited, we are fragile, we are um we are here on earth. Our time here is temporary. Um so so I just want to make sure that's clear that if people feel like, oh, I don't think I could ever have the courage to do what I see in acts. They also did not have that courage. That's why they asked for it. Right. And they were given it. Right. I love that. I, and, and I love how, um, I, and I, I, I feel like this is, this is tracking, but, uh, I, I told you earlier that my, my big point, number one for youth group was worry over worship. But number two actually kind of falls within that is, um, you notice how the opposite of the the fear, what you kind of projected, was this arrogance. Yeah, and uh, and I, I think what what kind of the staying out of those two ditches looks like is confidence. Yeah. So I said confidence over arrogance because that's what the early church showed. It wasn't about them or what it wasn't about them. They just showed confidence in who Jesus was. And so in the midst of their fear, they go, "Lord, give us boldness." And it's not an arrogant boldness; it's a boldness in who Jesus is, not in what they could accomplish. You know, and I, I think that it, it is, is a really good point that, that again, their strength came from something outside of themselves and maybe not even outside of themselves because the Holy Spirit walked with them right. and was with them. So it was very much but outside of their themselves. own strength. Right. Their own, right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think that that's, I think it is a really good example and, and I'm not too worried about it because it'll, it'll pop up again and I'll be able to touch on that again. Yeah. Um, but to just remember that when you feel like you are lacking that's because you're lacking and, and that's not, so you're not supposed to have it all together and have everything figured out. I certainly don't. And so when I feel la- like I'm lacking, um, then that's, that's because I'm seeing it correctly. And then I'm supposed to ask. Yeah. So if any of you lack wisdom, ask, ask, ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> ask for it. Yeah. If you are lacking courage, ask for boldness. Yeah. If you're lacking, you know, whatever you're lacking, don't don't think like that you're failing because you're lacking that you're actually you're in the right spot because now you're going to go to the Holy Spirit for that and whatever whatever the spirit gives you will be better because our to your point I think it's a really good point about the arrogance that confidence in myself is arrogance. Yeah. But the confidence that comes from the Holy Spirit is boldness. Right. And it's a God-honoring um, boldness and um uh, knowledge or wisdom that comes from myself is puffs up. That's the kind of knowledge that just puffs up and leads to more arrogance or self-justification or self-righteousness. But wisdom that comes from the spirit is humble and, um, and discerning. And it's, it's just, it's something way better. Absolutely. So that's good. I like that. That's a good place for us to, uh, to stop. And I think wrap things up. So, uh, Hey, thanks for having me on for a a second sure. week in a row. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. If you have any questions for the podcast, you or know, if you want Kristoff back on the podcast, there we go. I like that. I like that even better. Uh, you can you can send us uh, an email. Uh, you can uh, find out all the ways to connect with us uh, on our website as well at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. You can send us a message on our Facebook page. We try to respond to that as quick as possible as well. Um, or just even talk to us on a Sunday morning if you are here. Uh, worshiping with us. We would love to even just chat with you on on Sunday morning. So um, with that, go in grace and peace. Mm